Hello and welcome. This is Pepin from Pepin Reacts. And today, hey, guess what? We're starting a new series. Well, that's not quite true. I started a new series with my best friend here, Meter. Meter's, he's seen the whole show. I haven't up to season two, episode six. But, you know, we recorded some stuff. Some encryption happened. Some destruction happened. Lost the first five episodes. Hey, so what are we doing? We're just gonna like do a little summary, recap sort of thing of the first five episodes. Because a lot happened in those episodes. And I think it's important that we kind of just touch base on what our thoughts were at that time. And, you know, just kind of give general ideas and thoughts and opinions and whatever. Now, this will be a spoiler-free, or as much as we can make it, reaction. So if you haven't seen the series, you should be able to watch this and not get spoiled. Although we have seen up to season three at this point, we're still not going to bring up stuff any later than what happens in these episodes. It will be a little difficult. We might slip up a tiny bit, but ideally not. So, uh, Meter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Pepin? I am doing excellent. So uh, hopefully we can use that little intro for all of these so we got season one episode one so uh what's what happened this episode a lot um you know this is the one this one opened up uh in a desert outside of albuquerque new mexico um and we see you know uh who we we come to find out is walter white um in his underwear and a gas max uh, radically driving an rv down a desolate highway in the passenger seat's another man who's passed out, also wearing a gas mask. And in the back of the RV are two bodies. RV crashes. He climbs out, um, puts on his, his shirt, and takes a video camera and a gun and records a, a, a cryptic farewell to his wife and his son. Uh, you hear sirens in the background, and then he walk, walks into the middle of the road and uh, awaits the, the police with his, his gun in his hand. And mm -hmm. that is the, that's the opening to the show yeah yeah it's definitely a big opening and it, it kind of like makes you think like how did we get here mm -hmm. like who who is this person what's he doing why does he have a gun and do you say he was in his underwear at this part too yeah of course i mean that has to be I just, so they talk about like game of thrones getting people in with a sex appeal but this this is nothing like that you know this is i don't know just got me addicted to the show to be honest mm-hmm I mean, the the best one of the top three characters in the show, Walt's Whitey Tidies. Uh huh. Uh huh. Obviously, I I don't know though if Walt's Whitey Tidies ever leave, the show might just get a little bit better. But here's the here's the concern, right? Because they start out really hot, right? They start out with action. They start out with um, having you ask a lot of questions of like, how did we how did we get here? Who are these people? What's going on? Um, and then this like really dramatic moment of like a gun, like, is this how the series is going to end? Like, are they showing us the end of the whole series right now? How long is it going to take to get there? But what the problem with starting out with like that high octane and that many questions is a lot of times shows have trouble living up to it. Uh -huh. And it ends up making you feel really disappointed when you find out what the truth is. Uh -huh. Um, did you, did you have any of those concerns when you, when you saw this? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, again, even though we rewatched this, uh, I had seen it before, so uh, I didn't have much expectations uh, when I watched it initially, and I kind of knew where it was going to a decent degree when we rewatched it. So mm. I can't say. Maybe if you are a first-time watcher, like back when it came out and you started building expectations, maybe you'd be a little bit skeptical. But uh, I, I think... 
I, I think I think it does build up the hype, and I think it delivers at least later in the episode, as we'll kind of discuss here. So, I, mm. I think it kind of builds it up, and it kind of delivers too. I love it. Uh, so then we get into the actual. You know, it, it flashes back three weeks earlier. Uh, it's Walt's fiftieth birthday. Uh, he wakes up. He does some exercises. He looks at a plaque on the wall that shows that uh, he was part of some research that won a Nobel Prize. Uh, and then his pregnant wife, Skylar, gives him some eggs topped with uh, veggie bacon. They make a big deal about it being veggie bacon, and it spells out fifty. Um, so this is on his on his birthday. Um, there's some banter with Walt Jr., um, who doesn't like the veggie bacon, and then Walt drops Jr. off at high school, uh, and we find out that Walt works works there as a chemistry teacher. And in class, he kind of goes over. Um, here's what chemistry is. It's the study of change as well as matter. Um, and his students seem kind of disinterested. Uh-huh. So this does a good job of setting up Walt and who he is, I, I think. And the fact he's getting old and uh, I, 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 it brings Walt's love or interest in chemistry into the frame mm-hmm. as well. And he... he it's definitely passionate about what he's teaching, but it's not being well recepted. And there, there's definitely some reliability in that too. I think there's also a big just juxtaposition between starting out uh, giving this man's credentials of being a Nobel Prize winner in chemistry, and then he's teaching high school chemistry to uninterested students. I think there's a big juxtaposition there kind of saying maybe he's um, – being undervalued in a way. Hmm. I see. I see. I, I guess that juxtaposition also works for the first part too, because mm-hmm. it, you know you see like a man by tidies and stuff. Maybe he's just like a Rambo figure, right? Maybe he's just yeah. badass in general. But when you can't go from that to this guy, you're kind of like, how? And I believe when we talked about this initially, there was the idea of change and how that process of change with chemistry was kind of a metaphor for what was setting up in the series in general. You yeah. Know, this is what's pushing forward. And of course, no spoilers here, but you know, I think the show is pretty on the on the nose about what it's trying to hint at there. Yeah, definitely. And of course, it's, it introduces one of my favorite characters, uh, one of my actual like real characters that are my favorite, uh, and that's Walt Jr. Because every line he says is snappy and funny. And he just he doesn't suffer a fool. He, there's no BS with him. Huh. Yep. Walt Walt Jr. Um, you know, the moment I saw him, I said, "That's Walt Jr." I didn't even know his name. <laughs> it was Walt Jr. You did. You did. <laughs> that was. That's actually very accurate. <laughs> I mean, it, it just makes sense. I mean, his name forever and ever will be Walt Jr. That's true. It cannot change. So uh, then uh, after, after Walt gets out of work at the high school, he uh, is going to his second job. He works at a car wash as well, um, and he's washing the car of a, one of the students who was rude to him in class, and he's being rude to him here too, and Walt kind of has to eat shit. Um, then uh, when he gets home, he s- discovers that there's actually been a surprise birthday party for him, and he walks in for it, and he's late, and Skylar gives him shit about that. Um, and then, uh, Hank is there. He's, uh, we find out he's a DEA agent. Um, 
He's uh, also happens to be the subject of a local news report covering that there was a meth lab bust recently. Uh, And Walt is impressed with how much money that they took from it. It was $700,000, Hank says. Um, And Hank says, hey, Walt, you should come with us sometime on a on one of these bus, get some excitement in your life. And Walt just kind of is like, yeah, I guess. And is this the scene with the gun too when he takes the gun out? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, if it's the same scene I'm thinking of, it, it, it's the gun scene. Yeah. Which I think is maybe my favorite scene, uh, definitely out of this episode, because I think it just like indicates so much here. Like, because essentially what happens is Hank's being like a big shot, just kind of talking shit, uh, you know, throwing around his gun, uh, not using proper safety measures. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like plops the gun in his hand and Walt is kind of standing there, gun in his hand, just awkward and just not really being sure what to do. And when I saw this uh, with you, not the first time, the first, first time, but definitely when I watched it with you, it's kind of struck me as a moment of like, like uh, a lot of stories have this, meta narrative of becoming aware that you're capable of change through violence and violence mm. may not mean or you could say aggression maybe aggression's a little bit better that is know, good and you harness that for some end and hopefully that ends good but here walt was just he didn't have any gun he didn't eat or sorry, it's not that he had a gun beforehand beforehand but he didn't realize he was holding a gun like the gun's been in his hand the whole time, he just hasn't realized it's there. And this this scene just kind of painted that perfectly, mm-hmm. where he's just unaware, confused, and just you know he's got something he just doesn't know what he has. Hmm. And um, I know at the I, I think that that we ended up going back to talking about this gun scene all throughout uh, every every episode we've watched since, and it's it's a really powerful scene. Um, and I think you're a hundred percent right. It's emblematic of, of kind of the show as a whole, uh, hmm. and, and some of the, the undertones that, and, and I think it really shows the change that, that you see in, in character development, specifically with Walt, um, from how he, how he is with a gun now, and even to how he is in the very beginning of this episode in the, the flash forward, um, where he's, he's wielding the gun and in this he's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, he gets that gun and it just changes him very quickly. Hmm. You know, not even like uh, within the episode. So another thing that the gun kind of symbolizes, in my opinion, is also like the implication of violence because sometimes you give people a gun and like we said, they act heroically. But sometimes you give them a gun and then become a monster. And Hmm. uh, we don't know at this point which way Walt is going to go, you know, provided that stuff that happens at the end of this episode. But so some examples here are you look at like uh, getting a little extreme here, like Nazi Germany. There's good arguments to say that a lot of people of Nazi Germany, like a lot of the Nazi uh, camp guards, like they weren't necessarily that evil beforehand. Like they 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 were given this power, and that power of say you know absolute control over other people that just corrupted them like absolutely, and that might be the case here with this too, like. You get a gun, and either you can use it for good, or you can kind of just get corrupted, like entirely by it, and you know, just just find any excuse to use it. So that that's just a little point there with the meta narrative. I think there's. I, we we're going to talk about this gun for the rest of time, but 
I think there's another really good point to be made here with the gun in that it's Hank that hands the gun to Walt. It's Hank who's doing this drug bust and saying how much money can be made in the drugs that puts the idea in Walt's head in the first place. Hank, in a way, helped create the Walter of the future that mm-hmm. we come to see. Uh, that's it's And it's all emblematic in this one tiny scene, in this one tiny action of Walt hold my gun. That's kind of the show. Mm, mm. Th- that could be like a new meme. Well, hold my gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I do want to be super transparent. So we're, we're pulling a little bit from uh, breakingbad.fandom.com slash wiki, um, the Breaking Bad wiki. Um, so there's a little bit of paraphrasing here and some I'm just literally just quoting. So I, I don't want people to, to think I'm in any way plagiarizing. I'm 100% transparent on that. Um, go ahead. Yeah, one interesting little thing there is it, it, Walt's reaction to the amount of money that could be made from the drug dust is a little bit strange. Like, it's a kind of a, of a weird reaction, and you kind of kind of wonder why he's thinking that. I, I mean, maybe the most obvious connection is he's working a job as a teacher and not making much money, apparently, with that, so much so that he's also having to work a second job. So maybe that's the immediate concern, but it still seems a little, like, out of place for... You know, someone to be like, oh, the drug trade. This sounds like a great thing to get into. Mm. Well, I think it kind of shows like what th- what catches Walt's eye about it. He kind of disregards the illegality of it and is only interested in the money por- part of it. So I think it kind of shows like money is something that's on his mind right now. Mm-hmm. And this is pre-diagnosis you know, diagnosis or anything. So – Money was already in the back of his head, so this kind of filed itself away in that same spot, um, right next to the gun. Mm, mm. Um, meanwhile, in the living room, Skylar uh, is talking with her sister Marie, who is married to Hank, um, about her pregnancy. So Skylar's pregnant, and they they have that conversation. Uh, then Walt goes back to work at the car wash the next day and then he collapses. He's taken away by an ambulance and then at the hospital, a doctor lets him know um, this is an inoperable lung cancer and you may have a couple more years to live at best. Uh, and Walt is very detached. You hear that that ringing noise. You see him staring at the mustard stain on the doctor's shirt. Um, he's able to repeat back what the doctor says, but he's just very, he seems very detached from all of that. And then he gets angry at his boss the next day uh, at the car wash, uh, a guy named Bogdan. And uh, Bogdan asks him to wipe down cars, which is not something he's supposed to be doing. And uh, Walt makes like a massive scene. He storms out, screams obscenities, breaks things, uh, tears down a whole bunch of the um, air fresheners, the car fresheners, and Mm -hmm. uh, storms out. Yep. Yep. I, I think this scene is a great example of what dissociation is because there was what was going on there and he is completely dissociated from his thoughts, emotions, feelings, just, just put them on the ground. And obviously there's some transference there where he takes those emotions and he just lets them loose on this uh, guy that owns the car wash. Mm. Now, of course, he, he did get slighted there, but a lot of times it's just like the trigger, right? You know, it's just a little thing that holds back the dam and something's going to set it off and just happen to be this guy. And yeah. I get it because I would hate that job, you know. Uh, I'm not going to be blowing up too much in my life, but that would be an instance where I might. 
And I mean, if we're if we're talking earlier about you know being a high school teacher for a Nobel Prize winner, maybe uh, kind of hitting below his his expertise level, uh, wiping down cars at a car wash is is even below that. You know, not not to dis not to talk bad about people who who do that job. It's a great job. People people need to do that job. But Nobel Prize winner wiping down cars. There's there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that kind of shows that as well where you know he he does have some pride clearly in his work working with high school students but maybe a little less when he's he's doing something that he considers beneath him mm-hmm. um then he walt joins hank on a drug bust yeah uh, and hank is with gomez his uh his partner they raid a meth lab that belongs to a local dealer named captain cook and while Walt's outside in the car, uh, he sees a former student, Jesse Pinkman, escape through the window of a neighboring house. Jesse flees the scene. Walt realizes that he's the dealer because the license plate says Captain Cook on it. Um, and uh, later that night, Walt visits Jesse's house and blackmails him into letting him become a partner in his meth operation. While Walt offers his knowledge in chemistry in exchange for Jesse's knowledge in drug dealing. So now they they're going to work together as partners. It all kind of happens fast in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a little bit strange uh, because you take Walt, who beginning of the episode, like we barely even have a baseline for him. The baseline is kind of like uh, frustrated, mm-hmm. but uh, it goes from that to like this. He's just like, okay, time to blackmail, time to join forces with this meth dealer, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's almost like you could say a chemical reaction a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it all, it all kind of is, uh, it's, it starts with, you know, there's a lot of hints that they need money. There's talk about a water heater that doesn't work quite right. Um, there, there's uh, talk of the new baby coming along. And I think at the birthday party, Skylar mentioned something money related about the the baby and she's going to need time off and then to go right back to work because the baby's coming. Uh, so money is kind of like an underpinning of all of this. And then, the real catalyst to the whole thing is when uh, Walt finds out he has X amount of time to live, an unknown amount of time to live, and that kind of like sparks everything to, mm. to really get going. Yeah, I, I think one thing this this uh, section kind of set up really well is that Walt's issues are dealing with like the tedium of life, like just annoyances. Uh, mm. There's one scene uh, that I believe was in this part where I think he's driving. He's driving to get the uh, Walt Jr. from school or something, and then uh, he's trying to put up like the or no take off the handicaps thing, right? Because he accidentally left it up there for Walt Jr. and he tries to put it in the glove compartment. He puts it up, it falls down. He puts it up, it falls down. He puts it up, it falls down, and just does it over and over again. And what's so weird about that scene is the scene doesn't end with him succeeding or failing or getting mad. It just ends with him just keeping doing it and it's almost like the the, the uh what is it the the syphysis myth the, the mm. guy that pushes the stone up the hill and just keeps falling down it's like that but except with like really stupid shit right yeah yeah literally fighting an uphill battle mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's a lot of the tedium of daily life and i think it's a lot of him just just being a pushover and continually eating shit over and over and over and over every single day. Um, and this is kind of the breaking point, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they they decide to be partners. The next day, Walt steals a bunch of chemistry equipment from the high school. Jesse arranges to buy an RV. Um, they head out to the desert. Walt strips down to his underwear uh, and cooks his first batch of crystal meth. Um, and, of course, he's in his underwear so that his clothes don't smell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jesse is like amazed with the chemical purity of the product. I think he says like, "This is glass. This is glass, yo," um, or something to that effect. Um, and then Walt's like, "It's not good enough," and like throws it out and makes better stuff. Like he just like makes this amazing stuff. Mm. Um, Jesse takes that to Crazy Eight, who's a mid-level drug distributor, uh, and is also the cousin of uh, Jesse's partner Emilio. So he had been working with Emilio before, and now they take it right to the right to Crazy Eight directly. Emilio was arrested uh, previously, and Hank's bust. Uh, so uh, Emilio and and Jesse were working together, and Emilio was busted when Jesse was found sneaking out the window when Hank when uh, Walt first found him. So now Emilio is actually out of jail. We find out, um, and he thinks that Jesse ratted him out. So that's right. The three, uh, crazy eight, uh, well, no, no, the three of them, um, drive out to the RV where crazy eight asks Walt if he wants to switch allegiances. And before he can answer, Emilio recognizes him from the bust and begins to threaten him. Jesse tries to run away, trips, knocks himself out on a rock. And then Walt barters for his life by promising to reveal his meth formula. So now Walt, Crazy Eight and Emilio are all in the camper, uh, the RV, cooking, and Walt's kind of like taking his time doing it, trying to go slow, buying time. Jesse's knocked out, um, and that takes us to to Act Four. But I I can pause there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's too much to talk about there. It's a lot of like plot action, hmm. uh, and it, 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 I think the only thing to talk about is just those tidy whities. I mean, yeah. pure innocent. Hopefully. They'll never be soiled. He's got nothing to hide, right? No, no. <laughs> so Emilio ties up Jesse, then joins Crazy Eight to watch Walt cook. Walt prepares the ingredients, um, and Emilio throws a cigarette out the window, starts a brush fire. Uh, Walt mixes some chemicals to produce a deadly vapor, and then gets out of the RV and like holds the door shut. They fire bullets through the door, but they all miss Walt, um, and then they are pass out from the fumes and. Walt uh, unties Jesse, puts a gas mask on them both, um, puts Jesse in the passenger seat, and tries to drive away. Uh, there's the sound of sirens closing in. So Walt tries to sh- Walt gets out of the RV and puts a gun to his head and tries to shoot himself and then finds that the gun's safety is on, so he's not able to actually even kill himself. <laughs> um, and then he realizes that the sirens he's hearing are not police cars but fire trucks that are going to resolve the brush fire yep. and it has nothing to do with him. So he hides the gun in the back of his underwear. Um, Jesse, with a massive black eye, comes out to join him. Uh, and Walt's first day as a meth cook leaves him spent, shaken, uh, and invigorated. He gets home, uh, meets Skyler's troubled queries of atypical sexual aggression, uh, which leaves her stunned. So they, he's just very aggressive, and she's like, whoa, you're not aggressive like this. Hmm. What's going on? Uh, and that's where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. I think there's three things to talk about with that. Uh, first... Uh, r- remind me. So did Walt, did, 
I think the circumstance that Walt ended up killing Emilio or Crazy Eight, or I he injured them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what happened exactly, but what he did there, did he purposely try to attack him? I know he's defending himself, but uh, was it circumstantial that it happened out that way? Because I'm pretty sure he like took the thing and kind of did it and then trapped it in there with the gas, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to make mustard gas. Yeah. And I think, I think the first time they cooked... Uh, Walt and Jesse, there was like an uh, an allusion to it where Walt was like, don't do this because this is what will happen, and yeah. then later ends up using it. Right, right. So there's kind of a question there about Walt's character because he was definitely under the gun. I think he was right to defend themselves, but uh, it, it, it does seem a little bit uh, like pretty badass, but also a little bit much to make mustard gas to kill your your uh, your attackers. Uh how do you feel about it? I definitely don't agree with that. I mean, he used his his strength, which is chemistry, mm-hmm. to overcome a situation that forced him to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could, I, I could definitely agree with that. Because, yeah, he, if, if it wasn't for the situation, he wouldn't have ever done that. It's a situation that forced his hand. I think that might be impossible to say. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I don't know how aggressive he would have been if not. I mean, his first instinct even after all of this was to kill himself. Mm-hmm. So like it that wasn't outward aggression, that was inward aggression, which is what we had seen all along. His frustration, it was all inward. Um his reaction to uh his diagnosis was all inward uh, and he didn't even tell his family. So everything he's doing is bottling uh and this is the first time we've seen him actually outwardly have have to do anything. So Mm-hmm. Would maybe in the future this need to be something that happens, him to be outwardly aggressive? Maybe. Um, but this is the first time we've seen it, and then he kind of takes that home. Yeah, I, I guess maybe maybe what it is, because I'm trying to understand this. I'm also trying to remember what happened, the exact details. But maybe this is kind of showing that he can use the gun to some extent. Yeah. Though, uh, you know, what do you think it means with the, the safety being on and him not even like realizing that is that just like uh, growing pains i don't know um i mean it's the ineptitude of him not even knowing how to to use to use that type of aggression mm-hmm. um not it's him making a kind of i think it was kind of like a an, an, a rash decision that he hadn't really thought out and there were safety measures in place that kind of protected him hmm. um Hmm. You know, but uh, his, cause his, his, he used his version of the gun, right? He used chemistry. He didn't use the actual gun. Yep. And it wasn't even his gun. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else's gun that he killed them and took their gun. So very interesting in that regard. Hmm. He kind of took their power. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. Cause he's just not used to using that, that particular weapon, but hmm. the weapon of chemistry, you know, he, he just didn't even hesitate with, or maybe hesitated a little bit, but he's kind of yeah. just started, went with. Uh, I think the last thing that's really interesting with this is the the sexual um, approach that happened after. And I think there's a lot of ties there with like how the brain works. Because they say that sex and aggression are very linked. Like, like they're pretty much the same part of the brain, or it might be the same brain region that kind of does both. The amygdala, is that right? No, maybe it's something else. But it's the same kind of part of your brain. And 
it, it's like Walt feels some aggression. He 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 was kind of getting off on that aggression to some extent, and this kind of invigorated his sexual drive, and he actually even approaches Skyler. And and also mm-hmm. another part of that is he's felt like he's not been in control of anything. And all of a sudden, he got control. And how did he get control? Using his favorite thing, chemistry. Uh, like, it, it, it kind of just upped him. It just kind of put him on a high almost. Mm. Is it the medulla oblongata? Uh, for aggression? M- maybe. maybe. I, I'm not... Um, but the... I know... So, I, I mean, I think so. But I think it was also like some spillover of... He was try Like, he tried to use this aggression in a bunch of different ways and it was still kind of pent up inside him when he got back home i think there was some relief to still be alive i think i think there was a lot of things going on Mm. that caused him to to act out in that way but he didn't he used it in like not a bad way Mm -hmm. uh, which is super interesting given the future you know yeah yeah there's also uh i'm glad you pointed out that there's many things that factor into it Another big thing with having sex is that whenever you feel like your life's been in jeopardy, you'll tend to have sex. Like, mm-hmm. like because it, it's the brain's way or evolution's way of compensating for potential death, right? Imminent death. Because it's like, oh, I almost died. I definitely need to reproduce now. Otherwise, I may not ever reproduce. Mm-hmm. Another way to put it is just people who didn't reproduce when something crazy happened like that, you know, they didn't have as much offspring. That's just the other way to put it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I, I can see why it would invigorate that too. Uh, fun fact, uh, any movie that has a disaster sort of thing, the characters almost always have sex at the end and that's kind of like the, the implication there. Maybe not mm-hmm. like uh, overt or like planning, but it just kind of makes sense like instinctually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that was the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. So I think this episode's definitely really a great pilot. It kind of sets up a lot of things that are going to be themes in the show. I think. Uh, I mean, I know, but you know, I think. But I, I, th- I think it does a lot to establish the characters, who they are, where they are, and where they could go. How about you? Yeah. Peter? No, it does. A, it does a really great job. It gets all of the main characters in there, and it. Uh, you know, we we still talk about the gun. So, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of scenes that, yeah, uh, we, I think they do a good job of setting up themes without making it, without beating you over the head that these are the themes. You kind of realize later, oh, wow, this, like, kind of was the, the starting point of something that's still echoing episodes, seasons later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm... It's as though when I watch these series, and you'll notice in the later reactions that we actually have, I'm overly observant, and I come up with a million different theories. And like, oh, hey, this is a theme. This is a theme, right? So this is just what my brain does pretty naturally. And most of the times I'm wrong. Every once in a while I'm right. But I I think the show does communicate very well a lot of times what it's trying to get across. Hmm. And I I think maybe it's one of those things where maybe you rewatch it and you see even more than that's there. Uh, I don't know that to be true myself yet because uh, I've only rewatched it once technically from like 10 years ago. But I, I think the show is very well constructed in what it's trying to say. You, you never – look, maybe you can get confused in certain parts, but I think overall you're just like, oh, hey, this is what's going on. I understand this. Yeah. No, they do – I love the writers. I think they did a really good job and 
Um, hats off to Vince Gilligan for the show in itself. Vince Gilligan for the show in itself. I think it's it's excellent, and uh, the pilot is no exception. Great job opening up a great show. All right, so that was our recap of episode one. We're going to be doing this for all five episodes in the series. So definitely check those out if you want to see our thoughts or if you guys just want to skip straight to reactions, you know, just, just skip this and you'll get to the reactions eventually. We'll, we'll have them posted, I guess. Uh, so like the video, don't dislike it because you can't anymore. Haha, ha, that's on you. And I am Pepin from Pepin Reacts. Peace. <laughs>